Well, I bring greetings again in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. From all the 69 churches, thousands of believers, believers being persecuted, churches being destroyed, but yet living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And from all the children that are rescued and in the process of being restored, that live with us in Baraka Children Home. And from all the widows and those that are being benefited by Baraka Ministries back in India, I bring greetings. Baraka is the word derived from Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 26. Baraka has a meaning, blessing and praise in Hebrew. So the Lord is enabling us the partnership of ship of his people across the nations in being a blessing to the people so that in turn they can praise the Lord and worship and bless the Lord. It is all about Baraka Ministries. And we are what we are just because of you people and because of your partnership. And we are able to do what we are doing because of Jesus and his loving people. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to be here. Uh, Pastor Dave and Pastor Tim and all the church. I rather speak from the word of God than speak about my ministry and myself. You can always follow us on Facebook. Uh, at the last you might have noticed, if you just go on the Facebook and type www.facebook.com slash BCH Baraka Children Home India. BCH India in caps. It will lead you to the web page and you can always follow us, see the pictures and one big thing you can do for us is just please go online to that Facebook page, see it and like it and be informed about things happening back in India and kindly pray for us. That will be the greatest thing you can do for us. Thank you. Keeping in light and mind the parable of the prodigal son. Let us look to what God would have us to glean this evening from the parable. We see this parable in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 31. Here we see the story about what is widely known as a prodigal son. We can also name it as the lost son or the returned son. We can title it in any ways as the Lord reveals it to us and to our hearts. But one most important thing that really struck my life when I was reading this story was the statement the father made in verse 32 of chapter 15. The father of this son who has rejected him, who went away from him, who took away all the possessions that he had legally from the father had his share of wealth from a family. I don't know because it's not mentioned by the Lord Jesus if he had a mother there or not. And maybe he lost his mother when he was a child. But still the father became the mother and the father. He loved him so much. He cared for him. He was in plenty. He had enjoyed all blessings in the father's house but yet chose to leave the father and go away. The father in all his kindness and goodness, he just said, okay son, take all that belongs to you. 
Maybe in his kindness, he might have given more than what really goes to him legally. And one important thing he said is, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this year brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and found. The thing that struck me was, how did this son, who was still physically alive, dead? Many times we question when we hear the sermons from the pulpit, when the servants of God share from the word of God, we sometimes get agitated. We sometimes try to argue, how can this pastor say that I am dead while I am still alive? But let me tell you, when God looked down from heaven, he found a bunch of living dead people on earth. So, according to 1 John 4, 9, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And he found people dead on this earth. Though they are doing things, though they are attending Sunday worship services, though they are giving to the Lord, though they are playing music, though they are preaching like me, though they are doing lots of religious stuff, yet God found people are dead on this earth. And he had to send his only son so that we might live through him. And this clearly speaks that there is no other life than the life that we can get from our Lord Jesus Christ. There is only life through him. That is the reason why God had to send his only son. Dear brothers and sisters, today all the men and women and all that are here in this sanctuary, if I ask you, are you alive or dead? The answer would be, hey pastor, you have eyes, you are seeing us, we are alive. But then what is the Bible saying? Then what is the Bible speaking about being dead? How come God say that we are dead? How come he say and see to us and say that we are dead? There is a simple answer for this question in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. So the Bible says our sins and the trespasses that we are involved in make us die. Dear brothers and sisters, we need to realize this truth. God who spoke life on this earth from the day one to day six. In chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 17, he had to pronounce the saddest word, death. Just because man had surrendered himself to sin. He disobeyed God. And God had to pronounce the word death for the first time. It's really sad, but then God had to make a way that man can be born again. And that is the plan of God revealed through his son Jesus Christ by sending him onto this earth in the form of us who took our place, died for us on the cross of Calvary, buried but rose again and who is in the midst of us now, right now, in the form of the Holy Spirit. So praise be to God. Brothers and sisters, as we further study what makes us die, we see in the story of this parable son, in Luke chapter 15 from verses 11, this prodigal son or the son that was lost, he just was dead to many things. 
he thought he was living his dream he thought he was living his passion he thought he was going to enjoy his life but unfortunately but truthfully the moment he secured all the wealth from his father and from his father's household not very lately but very soon he lost all his wealth that he acquired from his father and his greed was gone from the day that he lost everything just lost everything the day he was acquiring the wealth from his father maybe he was just planning i will do this i will invest here i will do this i will invest there i'll get more returns from this i'll get so much from that and then he was planning a holiday with his friends he might have doing all these things but very soon he realized he lost everything greed makes man die and also he desired isolation from his father's house and we know he went to a far off place many of us who are just obeying to the lusts of this body to our physical bodies we also desire to go away from the presence of our father from the presence of the the body of christ the church from the presence of the lord himself and we decide to go away from the church it also makes us die spiritually and also the want of worldly pleasures he just wanted to make pleasure with all that he got and received from his father's house and in 1 timothy chapter 5 verse 6 we see who is self indulgent is dead even while he lives or she lives he not only is considered dead but also doomed to second death due to all his sinful issues in his life that is what we see in the life of the prodigal son in revelation chapter 21 verse 8 we see the qualities of, of a person who is spiritually dead it says but as for the cowardly the faithless the detestable and for murderers the sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death so this prodigal son this wonderful son of the father once because of his self decisions because of his greed because of his pleasure because of his intentions to go away from the father because of his desires of the flesh we see that he is dead and he is doomed to a spiritual death as well and 1 corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says do you not know that you are god's temple and that god's spirit dwells in you if anyone destroys god's temple god will destroy him for god's temple is holy and you are that temple we are the temple of god the bible has very clear instruction to us that we as the temples of god need to protect ourselves to keep ourselves holy acceptable in the sight of the lord so dear brothers and sisters we are called to be a holy nation we are called to be holy and separated for the lord for the purposes of the lord for the testimony of the lord and to live a separated life on this earth and as a matter of fact we see when this young man went away from the father's house to a far off country and started enjoying and losing everything that he had a point in his life came that he had to face a famine there was a famine that is what the bible records he faced a famine in his life that he was forced 
to go to the pig farm and feed on the pods of the pig, which he could not do for long. Maybe I think, if I just imagine, the pigs might have just spoke to him saying, hey, we know we had four legs, but where come this two-legged pig come amongst us to eat our pods? How did this pig come here? It's different to us. Such was the condition of his. He had nothing to eat. He went away from home marrying. He went away from home with happiness. He went away from home with friends. And he's left all alone without anybody and anything in his life. And he's left in a pig's farm now. He had a famine. And in the book of Amos, chapter 8, verse 11, we see, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Do you sense that's going to happen very soon all over the world? I travel around the nations seeking for the Lord's favor and people's assistance to partner with us to help us continue the work back in India. Wherever I go, I'm seeing persecution on rise. Those nations, once which are called the lands of the Holy Spirit. I think Australia was once called the land of the Holy Spirit. And even the UK, if I hear the stories about the US, when I hear the stories that are happening there, there is an anti-Christian movement, an anti-Christ spirit on rise everywhere. And very soon I believe this prophecy is going to come to happen that one day we may not even have a chance to hear the word of God. That is why Jeremiah says, when I found the word of God, I have taken it and I have eaten it. And it was so sweet, like honey to my mouth. Brothers and sisters, as one of your brothers here, I encourage you to eat the word of God, even when it is available to you. One day, if ever this famine for the word of God occurs in our lives, maybe then you may not have any chance to go back and listen to the word of God. Anyway, coming back to our portion, we see that the sin entered into the world in Genesis chapter 3 verse 19. And John 3.20 says, For everyone who does wicked things hate the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. James 1.14 and 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. See how clear it is. I often use this verse to speak in the counseling classes to the HIV and AIDS people in my country. It is just the matter of their thoughts. It is the lust of their eye that just made them go sin with somebody and in return, they inherited HIV, which in due course of time, when it is, what happens? When it is uh, fully grown, what happens? It gives, it brings forth death. They are dead. So sin, it begins here. And when it is fully matured, it brings forth death. So death, here we speak, is a spiritual death. Dear friends, dear church, when we are away from the Father's house, and we are, when we are indulged in our self-indulgements, we have to remember that we are prone to death. Romans 8.6 says, For to set mind on flesh is death. 
So if we have our minds on flesh, our bodily desires, it easily says that we are in death. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the good news is the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So dear brothers and sisters, this evening, let us see the six different deaths that a person experiences when he is away from the Lord's presence. The first death that a person experiences is, as it is written in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. It is the spiritual death. Romans 3.23 says, Death, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible clearly says in Psalm 51 verse 5, we are sinful from our conception. Romans 3.23, as I've just mentioned, says all have sinned. And 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9 says, we are doomed to everlasting destruction. But praise the Lord, through Jesus Christ, we are risen from our death. Even our spiritual death, God is willing to rise us up. So, death is a separation from something here. It is a separation from God. That is the first death we experience. It's a spiritual death. The second death that we experience because of sin is psychological death. Have you ever realized our sin also brings fear in us? So man was afraid psychologically and was dead psychologically because of the sin. If one sins, he's not really free to go and show his face. I have so many children in the orphanage. There are some children who are a bit naughty. If they do something wrong, they really don't come face to face with us and say, Hi, Daddy, how are you? No. Until that point of time he does something wrong, he's always with me, he's all over me, he's talking with me, he's just sharing things with me. But when he realizes that he has done something wrong, he doesn't even want to show his face. He's afraid. Sin brings about this psychological death in our lives. That is what we see in Genesis chapter 3 verse 10. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Sin makes us hide. We can't come to the front. We can't talk to the people. We can't face them face to face. We can't look into their eyes. It's just because of sin in our lives. The psychological death. Thirdly, we see a social death because of sin. God created man and woman and both lived each other until they have sinned. They were so close together. They were so in unity. They walked together, talked together. There was nothing against each other. But when sin entered, you know what the man said in Genesis chapter 3 verse 12? The man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. So escapism began to erupt. Each one, instead of acknowledging the sin, each one, instead of acknowledging others' weaknesses, each one, instead of acknowledging that we are a family, in spite of anything and everything, they started to poke their fingers against the others. It's because of him, it's because of her, I am perfect, I am sinless, I did no wrong, it's all because of them. That is what's happening. We see a social death. That is, that is what has happened in the life of this prodigal son. He was a son of a well-known man. But the moment he decided to go away from the father's house, 
He lost his father's relationship. He lost the relationship with his relatives. He lost the relationship with the community and the society. He is rejected. He was thrown away. He was very far. And he was not even known by anybody. Sin brings a social death in our lives as well. Sin also separates us from our sufficiency. Death due to starvation. In Genesis chapter 3 verses 17 to 18 we see, and, and to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree, of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Did a man sin? The first thing that came onto this earth is famine for physical food. Until then, the earth was producing food for the human beings. Until then, the earth produced water and it watered the plants. Today, we are in scarcity of everything that we are afraid of, physical food famines. All over the world, we see a cry for food. It's because of the sin of man. Dear brothers and sisters, we may even experience this. I see lots of youngsters these days who are addicts, who go on the streets roaming around. They go around on the streets. They come from good families. They come from rich backgrounds. But that sinful addiction in their life makes them beggars on the street and they start begging on the streets. They become homeless and at last they are counted as outcasts from their homes and communities. It is the result of sin. And fifthly, we see death was pronounced on the man literally. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 19 to 20, we see, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. A physical death is pronounced on man because of sin. Sin can lead us not to just a spiritual death, but all these deaths. All these deaths. We may not be sensitive to the things that are happening in our lives, but if we look ourselves in the light of the word of God, we can realize if we are in sin, we are going through all these deaths. And finally we see in Revelation 21 verse 8, the result of our spiritual death, social death, psychological death, the famine that can create a literal death to our physical bodies, we see that we are doomed to the everlasting death or the second death in Revelation 21 verse 8. All these will be thrown into the hell, fire. This is the second death. So here we are totally separated from the presence of God, from the abundance of God, from the eternal life of God, and from the eternity of being with God. That is a result of sin. But the good news is, if we can say one word with the Apostle Paul and tell, according to Romans chapter 7, verse 24, and if we can join our hearts and voices with Paul and say, Oh, what a wretched man that I am! Who can deliver me from this body of death? And if we can say that tonight, Jesus is willing to give us everything that we have lost on this earth, both physically and spiritually, psychologically, socially, and also financially, even health-wise, 
whatever we might have lost, the Lord is willing to give it back to us. Dear brothers and sisters, I stand here not because I'm a healthy person. As I was seeing and praying for brother Josh here, I just went back a few years behind in my history. In 2009, I was diagnosed of pancreatitis. And last November, I was in a hospital having twice lumbar puncture for meningitis, bacterial meningitis. I'm a big person. I myself, I'm with many ailments. But every time I have this problem in my life, the Lord reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Chapter, chapter 10, verse 13, 1 Corinthians. It says, Now therefore there is no temptation that has taken over thee, than that is, can someone remind me? I don't know it in English. I know it only in my language, Telugu. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Pardon me? Yeah. And he will give a way to escape and the strength to bear. So it is God. It is him who will give us a way to escape and strength to bear it. And after we have suffered for a little while, he will make us whole and complete. So dear friends, if we realize that we are feeble, we are weak, we are in sin, if we can join with Paul and say, Oh Lord, there is none on this earth except you who can save me and restore everything that I have lost in my life. The Lord is willing to save us and restore us. How? Through his eternal sacrifice that he has done for us on the cross of Calvary. Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 11 we see, he took our place and died for us on the cross. He humbled himself. He humbled himself and he took our place. Brothers, 1 Peter 2, 10 to 12 says, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you, were, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I urge you to sojourn through faith. And that it is not your own, and to sojourn and exiles, to be sojourners and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. That is what the Lord is desiring from us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, For by grace you have been saved by, through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It is God who is going to do that thing. It is God who is going to save us. It is God who is going to restore everything that we have lost because of sin. And it is God who is going to carry us through to the day that was appointed for us to be with him in eternity. So if that is your prayer this evening, may I request you, may I request you to humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, I come to you. As we just sang before, here I am, Lord. I have lost so much in my life. I have just got separated from your abundance, from your presence, from relationship with you. And I have gone away. I have gone astray from you. And I am experiencing all these deaths in my life. I am experiencing a spiritual death. I think I am living, but I am dead, Lord. I think I am working. I think I am just active. But Lord, truthfully, I am dead in my sins. There are weaknesses that are not seen outwardly, but there are secret sins in me, Lord. Please forgive me. 
Please cleanse me with your blood that you have shed for me on the cross of Calvary. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 we see, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So dear brothers and sisters, if you are willing to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ in your life tonight, may I encourage you to kindly stand up and come forward. Maybe it is a social death you are experiencing. Maybe your family has rejected you because of the things and decisions that you have made. But the good news is, as this prodigal son who was lost has regained everything, has regained everything. The father testified saying he was dead, but now he's alive. That is the beauty. That is the power in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though you are dead, he can quicken us from death. The, ho the same Holy Spirit that has, that has quickened Christ from dead is now available for us in his presence, in his sanctuary, in his church, right now to quicken us from our deadly deeds, our sinful lives, and give us a holy life that we can live for the Lord. But the question is, are you willing to experience that? If you are willing, may I request you to kindly stand up and come forward so that we can minister unto you. We as pastors here, we are here available for you to come and get prayed. If you are facing a psychological death, fine, fine. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord to restore you from. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord to restore you from. If you are facing any kind of deaths in your life, financially, or with your health, there are problems in your health, the Lord is able. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 says, the sun of righteousness shall rise upon you and his wings shall bring healing and you will jump like a calf in the stall. And Isaiah 53 verse 5 promises, the Lord said, through my stripes you'll be healed. And Jeremiah 33 verse 6 says, I will restore you health again. And he is able to do it according to Psalm 107 verse 20. He had sent forth his word and he healed them. So if you want that healing from the Lord, let us stand up and as we sing, if you are willing to come to be prayed for, I encourage you to come forward and to be ministered by us. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. We hear a message tonight that has been preached in India for 2,000 years. And I'm going to pray for Kiran and the ministry and then after that, we'll sing and that will be a time to respond to how God has spoken into your life. Kieran doesn't come as a man who doesn't put his life on the line. He has been physically attacked for his faith. He's been bashed because he follows Jesus. A friend of mine in Bible college, one of his pastors was just murdered just in uh, the last few weeks because he's a Christian. In India, persecution is very strong and there's a great opposition against the Christians. But Kieran doesn't come here just saying empty words. He comes here with authority. He comes here because he loves Jesus and he's found the freedom in Christ that you can find tonight, that you can have tonight. For we come to this place freely. No one opposes us. But God wants to put something in our lives that will help us to serve him, to live for him, and to have that abundance that we've heard about tonight. 
Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Just let's all stand. Our Lord God, we acknowledge tonight that you are the one who saves us. When we wander from you, you are the one who chases us and loves us. You are the one who draws us toward yourself. You are the one who promises and the only one who can promise an abundance and an eternity. Father, thank you for our brother Kieran tonight and for the gospel that has come through by his lips, those words from your word that has reminded us and some for the first time that you love us and that you care for us and that you desire to heal us, to restore us so that we can know you intimately. For Kieran, for Baraka Ministries, for those 200-odd children, we pray for an open heaven over them. Would you open the floodgates of heaven on those children who have lost their mums and dads, whether that be by murder or by AIDS or for other reasons. Give them that sense that they are children of God. Adopt them into your family and help them to know that they have a father who loves them forever. Thank you for your servant, Kieran, who comes to minister your word. And I pray, Father, as he walks this journey that is sometimes quite hard under threat, under threat of physical violence, under threat of death, that you would strengthen him, that you would help him to stand for you, that you would help him, dear God, together with his wife, all of the pastors as those 49 churches and the churches that are being built, that you would help them all to stand together, shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, with their eyes focused on Jesus. Speak to our hearts tonight, Lord God. Help us to know you. Draw us to yourself. In Jesus' name. You've been given an invitation tonight. If you've never responded to Jesus ever, this is the night for you to do that. If you are struggling, if you need prayer for anything, we are here to pray for you tonight that God would touch your life in a way that he's never touched your life before, that he would fulfill all that he's promised for you. Would you come?